0: Praise God. It is an honor to stand before you this morning. It's an awesome day. Amen. Praise God. Receive that word that we just got. Man, God is, and as Pastor Shared about 2016 being the life at the top. It is it is the season of the unveiling of the sons of God. Amen. And so it's it's truly if you're not excited. You might want to check your expectation level. You might want to you might need to put an amplifier on it (laughs) because it's truly a lot to be excited and expecting from God. Amen. Um, Before I begin, I just want to say once again, thank you for honoring Tara and I. She put up with me for 22 years. Amen. By the grace of God. (laughs) But I thank God for my wife. She's a wonderful blessing not just to me, but to many people. And um, I I just thank God he gave. He knew what he was doing when he gave her to me. (laughs) So praise God. Um, If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Probably around the 19th verse is where we'll be looking. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Before we go, you might want to hold your place there. And I'm just going to talk a little bit. I want to encourage everyone to come back tonight. I know we probably have some people missing. They might not know about the family Christmas dinner, but let them know they need to be here. Amen. Amen. It's going to be a great time of fellowship. Amen. And, um, you know, in preparing for the message, um, there was this one thing that I kept hearing in my spirit and things that I was encountered with throughout the past few weeks that just really made me hone on to this particular message and what God was saying to me, and we hear the word all the time. And one thing that really blessed me when I came to House of the Lord that I never heard at any other time in my life about church was the word family. Never, never associated church and family. And I'm going to preface it a little bit about me. You know, born in my house, I was the only child of my mother. So I lived with my mother and my grandparents. And you know, old school mindset was the kids were not to be seen or heard. You you stayed in your you you stayed out of the way. And with me being the only child, I was my best friend because <laughs> I, I didn't have. It's like now, mind you, there were times that you know the family there was engagement of you know you're sitting at the dinner table and there's dialogue and things that take place there. That was a blessing, you know. And I had two older cousins who thought they were my older sisters, so they told me what to do all the time. (laughs) So that was my first experience of what family was, you know. And then later on, I progressed and started getting involved in, you know, singing groups and other things like that. And so finally, I found something that looked like a brotherhood like these are brothers, yeah, you know. Then we go off to college, away from home, and that's when you really start missing family. (laughs) <laughs> that's when you really like man I miss those times around the dinner table where we talked and and, and even having a dinner. I had to find out what I'm going to try to eat. <laughs> you know, away from home, you know. That's when you young people when you are away from home and you go home, you get a doggy bag or whatever care package and bring that stuff back cuz that's when you really all that good stuff my grandmother used to make and I used to wonder, man, why am I not enjoying this like I should have when I was young? I was silly asking for McDonald's and we got you know, jambalaya and gumbo and all this other stuff. So anyway, but you miss that once you go away from home and you see that dynamic of what family really was. But God, you know, eventually you start. So what, with me, what happened was I started seeing friends outside of Christ. Now, mind you, I'm away from home. So now nah, I'm buck wild and can do whatever I want to do because no one can tell me, you know, what time to go to bed or what time to do whatever. I'm free to do whatever I want. But Wrong associations began to develop. And when I rededicated my life to Christ, there was a decision that I had to make to sever those relationships. So once again, I was by myself. And I said, God, I don't want to go that way because I know what they're doing is not in alignment with your plan and purpose. So I'm trusting you to bring people into my life. And God did that so eloquently. And he started with that brother right there. And the first thing, and what was awesome was John would stay in my room because he lived in Austin. He went to UT, and he would commute. So what he would do, he, and I think you met my roommate first, who was from my hometown. And he basically asked if he could stay in our room without having to go back at night, you know what I'm saying, between campus and, and the buses running late. So he wanted to be able to stay on campus and have a spot to just squat throughout the day. But there was a divine connection that was immediately set up And Dedrick, one day we were in my room, there were four of us, and and John said, at my aunt's church, they serve food (laughs) on the last Sunday of the month. And so we were like, we hungry? And there's food? Why not? Let's go. And I walked into this place, and I'm like, first of all, why are we driving so far? I ain't never seen this part of Austin in my life. And then we saw this building, this steel, big building. And I'm like, that's a church? And then we walked in, and the people were not black. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, What did he take us? But I can tell you one thing, that first assembly messed everything up for me messed, messed my little Baptist mind all to pieces when I heard this man of God break the bread of life open. And I was like, that's in the Bible. And they never told me that. And it was like a a itching that was just like, I had to have more of it. And I fought it big time. I'm like, I'm a Baptist. I need to, but that word was drawing me. That word was drawing me And then coming around here and being in the fellowship of the saints, I kept hearing him say things about family and, and, you know, and one thing that he used to say that really used to puzzle me, he said, I'm closer to this family than I am to my real family. And I'm like, how is that possible? And the revelation of it cemented itself. One Sunday morning, and y'all probably remember the song. We haven't sang it in a while, but we used to sing this song when we would walk around shaking hands and said, we are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. We are children of the kingdom. We are family. We are one. And when that, I got it. I was like, God is the one that makes us family. And that's the real That's the real eternal family. Now, I love my family. I'm sure you love your immediate family. But at the end of the day, when we're standing before the kingdom of God, there's only one family. And that's the family of his children. And so I'm like, why should we cultivate and wait till we get there? (laughs) We should be cultivating that right here, right now. Amen. So let's look at this. passage of scripture from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, and it says, So then, you are no longer strangers or aliens... But you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fit together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. I want to talk a little bit about for the next few minutes about all in the family. We're not talking about Edith or Archie. All in the family. Everything that we need, church, is all in the family. You know, Pastor has reminded us that one of the most common referred to names of Jehovah Lord, of of, of our God, Jehovah, is Lord of Hosts which means God, from the very beginning, his heart of hearts was to have a family that extended <laughs> from generation to generation. It has always been his heart and how he describes himself. And so one, one week last, this last week, I had a phone call from a, a friend of mine. His, uh, his name is Pastor Corey Tabor, a um, real good friend of mine. And he said this, and this was also about the coming year. He said, in this coming year, There will be an explosion of God's manifestation in this city and region. And above all, there will be a strong sense of unity in the body like never before. And when he said that, it was like, that was the first thing he said to me on the phone. He's like, brother, we got to hook up. And this is why. Bam. And I was like, this is what God is wanting. He's wanting his family to start coming together. And what, what started seeing, I started seeing over the next few weeks, there was all these reports that I started getting of people in the body placing massive judgments on one another, whether it be based on doctrine. I think it was just—I mean—ugly things that started popping up. And then I started seeing another side of it. I started seeing people in the body isolating themselves and pulling back. When you mentioned that on Wednesday, I was like, "That's right on." People pulling away and not really knowing that there's something in them. I called a brother because somebody was telling me he was going through something, and I never heard back from him. Then I met with a, another brother at lunch, and he was like literally almost the spirit of depression heavily on him because a, a young man that he had been discipling took his life. And it's so easy during this time and season, like Sister Michelle was saying of the I gotta, and I gotta do this, and I gotta get this for... It's so easy to get caught up in that That spirit of wanting to, number one, isolate ourselves and start comparing ourselves by the body when it's important for us to realize, as this thing says in Ephesians, as the scriptures pointing out, is that each one of us, we're built for a specific purpose so that when we come together, we're one. It's not I'm trying to be what Sister Michelle Simic is and I'm trying to be what Sister Lou is. I need to be content in who God made me, knowing that when I come together, what my part has to play lines up with what her part has to play. Right, and so I'm totally convinced, as, I, as Pastor was asking, what is 20, I am totally convinced that 2016 will be a year of convergence, the body of Christ coming together in the power of God's spirit, and then demonstrating his goodness in the earth like never before, walking as the manifested sons of God, But you know, the thing is, is that we got an enemy that's busy. And his objective, his objective is for us to not walk in who God has called us to walk in. And he has that one thing that he continually uses, and it's called a lie. And we don't have time as, you know, if someone lied on a family member of yours, you would be ticked. You'd be like, that's not my brother. You're not going to put that on my brother. My brother's not like that. I know my brother. But the stranger, the accuser of the brethren, he will point out as many lies as he can, number one, for us to get, receive those lies rather than receive the truth of God's word. And so one of the things that we have to realize is that the enemy is tricky in this time of season. His number one objective is to bring division in the body of Christ. You know, we can spend so much wasted time on pointing out other people's discrepancies. And that's not, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to build each other up on the, on the, the faith that we know that we walk in. Galatians chapter six, turn there with me, if you will. Galatians chapter six, verses one through two, Galatians chapter six, verses one and two, it says, brethren even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, you who know the truth, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Now we know what the law of Christ is. He said, it was written, you know, love, you know, do all this stuff. But I tell you, Love one another. Love God first, but love one another as you love yourself. When we major in the law of love, when we know what love does. It covers. It covers. And so that's what God is intending for us to do, to, to bypass the lies of the enemy of trying to bring division. When there's love, there can be no division. John chapter 14, verses 34 and 35 Third, John 13, verses 34 through 35, the Lord says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And what did he say after that? By this, by that demonstrated love, men of the, men of the earth would know that we are His disciples. When we cultivate that love, family, when we walk in that love, There is something that the world is constantly looking for. And a lot of times it's based on self-worth. Their self-worth is zero. They have none. It's because they haven't experienced the love of God. There's religion that some people, you know, try to, and one thing pastors always taught us is that what brings you to God is what's going to have to keep you. And if we're, if we're, if we're demonstrating his love as the body, they're going to come running. Because the stuff that's out there, it doesn't fulfill that one thing, that one thing on the inside of man that only that God can fulfill. And that's his love. So it's important for us to walk in that love. And that's another thing that drives out that division and that lie that the enemy tries to bring. Romans chapter 12, verses four and five. If you want to go there, Romans chapter 12, verses four and five. It says, for just as we have many members in one body and all members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So once again, these passages of scripture just point out the importance of the fact that we have to make sure as the body that we drive out any contention and any source of division It has no place in the body because one thing is the fact that God has settled in his word that love is what fuels the body. And we have to cultivate that expectation inside of the body. The other trick that the enemy has, and this is the one that I dread. This is the one that just makes me so mad. When people go through something, they tend to back away from the body. And one thing that you see, the worst thing that uh, can happen if you have a, a shepherd that has sheep and that, sh- that one sheep gets away from the herd, he's prey to anything to happen to him. Anything can happen because he's not in the, in the company of protection. He's not where there's company. It's like if there's any time to run to God is when you've messed up the worst. When you've jacked up the worst, when you can't get the answers right. When, and that's, you, you, And one thing that really blessed me is not talking about it from an isolation standpoint, but once again, reminding us what happened several years ago with Pastor in the hospital and how when we made the decision that we were going to undergird him and get behind him and celebrate the victory that was already his, I don't want us to ever lose sight of that lesson. And that's not just for that time. That's for everything. And we've seen it so many times. We've seen storms that we've spoken to as a body dissipate. We've seen hospital debt spoken to, dissipated. So the bottom line is that when we come together as a body and begin to undergird one another, that's the umbrella of protection. And so you can't afford, and those that might be listening from from live streaming, if you were a part of this body and didn't, I would encourage you, get back under the umbrella because that's where safety is. You can't, if you make the decision to say, well, I can, you know, I, me and God, no, me and God do not have our own thing going on. It's, no, it's not, that's not the way God intended it. He had each one of us and put something in each one of us that is important, that I need what you have. I, I desire to need, to need what you have because it's important for me to function in who God has called me to be. So one of the things, look at the Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. It says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Brother Brian talked about it last Sunday. Who dressed you? Sometimes when I'm getting ready to leave the house, I ask Tara, does this look silly? I have to ask her, does, is, is this color going to match this color? Why? Because I value, I value her counsel. Now, you can't, and I'm saying, you can't ask that of anyone. You ask that of those who you know their counsel is going to be from God and you're going to receive it. But it's good for us to ask Am I dressed right? Am I dressed right? I can go to pass. Am I dressed right? Am I am I am I presentable? And know that he's not gonna blast me. He's gonna cover me and give me the direction that I need to be dressed clothed properly. And that's what the body's for. That's what the body's for. If I make the decision to dress myself and just go out anyway, I might risk the fact of that I might look silly and I might misrepresent the body, <laughs> All right. but I don't want that to happen. So it's, that's why I said, and we, we go to one another in the fear of Christ, the awe of knowing that he's the one, he is the ultimate clothes maker. And so coming before him is nothing wrong with me going to the wisdom of my, in the counsel of many, there's wisdom. Yeah. So I can find refuge in knowing that if I'm going to my brothers and sisters, they're going to tell me the truth of who I am in him. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. If one member suffers, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. But if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. When Sister Judith was giving that testimony last Sunday, what was our attitude? Were we excited? or we were like, man, how come I didn't do that? No, the minute I can get on board and rejoice with my sister, knowing what God has done with her and through her, that opens the channel for all, if she can receive it, it's open the door for all of us to receive it. And it's just like the man of God says, where he goes, we can go too, if we have the same heart and desire to receive it. But the heart is, is that's what I'm saying, it says it very clearly here. I have to, if if my brothers are going through something, you know, there there are many in this body that have suffered loss. And you know what? We were there with them. We were there because that's what the body does. They don't just let them just suffer by themselves. No, I'm going to come alongside of you and I'm going to hold your hands up. But at the same time, when you reach your mountaintop, I'm going to be right there on that mountaintop rejoicing with you because it's all in the family. If one wins, we all win. And that's the heart that we have to have. We have to undergird each other, regardless of what the situation, be there for one another. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And this is for the live stream people. I love you, but this is for you. Not forsaking one another and assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's so important for us And the one thing that I never forget, I believe it was Brother Roger. Brother Roger said something one day. This was when we were on Rumberg, and it made an indelible mark in my life and began to really make me think of how people see the church and how they see Christianity. But he said something. He said church church attendance is not an option. You don't choose where you go to church. God places you. And if you are part of this body, God placed you here. You didn't just make a decision. Oh, I think I'm going to be part of House of the Lord. Yeah. No, God drew you to this place. If you are in this place receiving the revelation that we get from the Lord and from this man of God, he drew you here. And he drew you here for a purpose. And I believe that's for every, every person. It doesn't matter if you have to drive. I mean, we got people that drive all over the place to get here, but this because they were, they were called to be a part of this body. And so I would say, if you're watching through live streaming, pray where God has you be in that place. If you know that he's spoken you specifically to be in a certain place, that's where you need to be. Praise God for internet ministry and watching. We understand it's there and we we thank God for it, but get hooked up with a local assembly and grow there because there's nothing that can compare to the umbrella of safety that's among the believers. Amen. Praise God. One of the things that, as I was Meditating on these passages of scripture, one of the things that I was like, okay, what's important for us in this season is if we're going to be really cultivating and understanding who we are as the family of God, it's important for us to sometime to revisit our base of operation. And I was reminded, my sister was saying a few weeks ago, she came up to me after church, she she said, man, those what we believe classes really blessed me. And it made my mind, I I wonder how many times do we go back and look at those messages? How many times do we revisit who we are as house of the Lord? In this season, it's important, I believe, for us to do what, what, what I wrote down here was rekindle a heart for the house. Rekindle a heart for the house. So if we know this is where God positioned us to be, It's important for us, how can we walk together unless we be agreed? So it's important for us to begin to understand once again, if we know that the man of God has told us the mandate of this house is to teach his people faith, we know that, we know that it has been spoken since 1979 that Austin is the revival center of the nation and house of the Lord is the epicenter of that revival a dissemination of kingdom manifestation in all the earth, if we know these things, It's important for us to rekindle that and get excited about it. It's not like Sister Gail was saying, it's not just words. These are words and these are things that God has spoken that have literally changed the atmosphere of our city. When he was speaking these things by himself, the only person speaking it, Austin was jacked up. But he spoke it, and then another person hooked up and began to speak it with him, and people all throughout the place have been hooking up with that word and have been declaring it, and this place has changed. I mean, just in the little, I've been over here 20-some years, y'all, some of y'all have been here longer, and I know you've seen how this place has transformed, and that's not by coincidence. That is specifically by decreeing the, the, it is written, manifesting word of God and seeing it change this place. But it's not going to stop. We got to keep going. We got to keep, once again, rekindling a heart for what God has spoken. And so, one of the things that I would encourage us to do, I believe it's vital for us from time to time to revisit who are we as a church body? We're, we, 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 we are a church body that's a family church. We, we make that very clear. So, who are we as this local expression? And I, I jotted this down, and I was looking at this um, from our website. It says, "Then this is the, in the About section, it says community is who we are. Faith is where we live. As defined in the dictionary, a community is a group of people either living or coexisting in one location who share a common interest. As we see it, a community includes everyone, every race, every status every walk of life, who will come together to form one people with one common purpose. And that one purpose, demonstrated uniquely through each individual, is to see that the work of Jesus Christ started, is continued, so that the kingdom's manifestation is established and his will done on the earth as it is in heaven, based on Matthew 6 and verse 10. House of the Lord Fellowship Church is a family of believers focusing on impacting Austin, Texas, and beyond with faith in God, the truth of God's word, and the amazing love that God has for us. That's who we are. I would encourage us in this time to rekindle that heart for wanting to see this manifested. People, People are hurting to see this And this is what we get every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever we come together for fellowship. This is what we have. And this is what we continue to cultivate. Let's let it out. And and once again, I always refer back to these areas. This wasn't some little thing that Pastor Jim dreamed up and said, let's put these on the wall. These are the areas that God wants each one of us operating in in excellence. And then they come to us and say, It's something about you. It's something about you. What is it? And we can point them to the family. We can point them. This is, and I know so many have done that in this body. They brought people and there was that itch that was satisfied because they knew this is where they belonged. And this brother was so instrumental in that. that when we were in college, bringing other people and letting them know, but that's what God wants. He wants us as Pastor says, if, you, if, if you're a dog and, not a, and you, you can't bark for your own porch, you know, this is, this is who we are. And so I would encourage us. Any opportunity I have, I tell people, you need to look our website. You need to check it out. It's, you need to come. And then you need to come. The website is a great evangelism tool because <laughs> you can point people. And then I was looking the other day. There's some tools that I want to remind you of. And once again, these are things that will draw people. I was reminded, and brother, we don't talk about this enough, but the Uncommon Truth is still out there. Yeah. The com is a powerful tool. Where well, brother John is on there and he's explaining. I know there are people that literally are in this body that watched that video and were changed as a result from it, but that's things that we can share continually, and that's, once again, that's bringing that invitation for them to see what we experience every week in this place. And also, um, as my sister was saying, I would encourage you, especially if you have a heart and a desire to work in the body and to be a part of what we're doing, revisit the what we believe classes. There's some, there's some awesome work that was put into those, and that's out there. And if, if you want to understand what we as a body and what we as a family believe, it's important to go there and, and just revisit what those, what those lessons impart, and there's some powerful truth there. The mission that the Father gave us, we know this, is to establish his kingdom in the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. But more than ever, we as the body of Christ, we have, and this is what the Lord told me, he said, we have to secure the borders of the kingdom and make sure we cover the family. If you think about, well, I'm going to say that again, we have to secure the borders of the kingdom and make sure we cover the family. And immediately what I thought of, you remember in the old you know, um, medieval days, they had the kingdom, the castle, and all that stuff. But there was something called a moat. Yeah. And when they closed the moat, you wouldn't get out. You couldn't get in, and you couldn't get out. That's what we have to make sure. And you know what the moat is? The mode is this, we cover one another. We, we, we decree the it is written truth of God's word, knowing that when we're doing that, we're establishing a covering. And I thank God, I thank God that this man of God covers us. Amen. It's not a lot of pastors that pray for their people. There's not a lot of pastors that are concerned with their people, but I thank God we have a pastor and a man of God that prays for us. I need those prayers, you need those prayers. And when he's doing that, I know when he sends those words out that I get every morning, that's encouragement to know that my man of God is invested. He's not just up here with a title. He's invested in seeing us become who God intended for us to walk and be. And so I would encourage you saints, let's continue to cultivate this family that God has given us. It's a precious gift. It's a precious thing that he's called us to walk in. And most importantly, as one somebody said earlier, we're a beacon. When we demonstrate family and we demonstrate who he's called us to be as the sons of God, we're a beacon that people desperately need to see. And so I would encourage you in this. And um, once again, if someone is rejoicing Let's get on their mountaintop and rejoice with them. As they're going through their valleys, let's go through it with them. You know, we've seen testimonies of people who were dealing with stuff and and got the victory, and we were right there in the midst of it, encouraging them to go through it. No reason for you to go through it alone. (laughs) There's no reason for you to go. There's too much power and ability and might and word in this body for anything, anybody to go through anything alone. It, it blows my mind when somebody might be going through something and they don't let no one know. Come on. how, can we, how can we hook up with it and take care of it and cut the head of the snake off in that situation if we want to, well, I'm you know, me and God are going to take care of it. No. Let the body, let the family of God be there and help you get through that thing and watch the victory of God manifest in it. I'll never forget. Once again, this is a family aspect When my wife, my wife was pregnant with Rachel, our second daughter, and they were saying all of these things, all of these, I mean, just scary things, you know, they were saying, you know, her, you know, her womb was, the the amniotic fluid was gone and her womb was not a secure place for the baby and all this stuff. And, and, and it was, it was scary. I'm not gonna lie. It was because this was like 28 weeks, And they were like, you know, they were saying, well, the lungs aren't going to be developed and all of this stuff, all this stuff. And, you know, it just hit me because it was like, literally, I was at work, had to go straight to the hospital. They're saying all this. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, Pastor Jim called me and began to encourage me. And he said, brother, it doesn't matter what, what the doctors say. Doesn't matter what they say. What do you and Tara say? And having that assurance, that made all of those negative reports just become numb to me. <laughs> it didn't matter to me what they were saying. And so Tara and I began to praise God. We began to rejoice. They said, well, we have, we have to take the baby out. And so we said, you know, they said, if you, if you carry her out the rest of the gestation period, it's going to be a rough pregnancy. You, have to, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Well, we can go ahead and take her out now. And so Tara and I had peace. Let's go ahead and, and get her out. But they were like, oh, you know, the lungs might not be developed and all this stuff. Tara went into surgery, and we were praising God all through the process. And here comes Rachel, <laughs> all of one pound, six ounces, <laughs> crying, crying, oh a one pound, six ounce, baby, babies that size, they abort. She came out crying, and the doctors were looking, they're like, her lungs are perfect. There's nothing... She, she doesn't even, they were like, she's going to need oxygen and all this. They were like, she's breathing on her own. She did not even need oxygen. And he was like, he's calling other doctors. You ought to see this. You ought to see this. You wouldn't believe it. But you know what really blessed me? I heard Sister Marcia, as soon as she had got word at the hospital, she started gathering people and they started speaking. The church was speaking. So the covering of the family... The covering of the family brought us through the situation. And now Rachel is a senior, getting ready to graduate from high school, and that's, once again, that is the benefit of being in the family of God, knowing that we have each other's back. We have to cultivate that like never before. Amen. Praise God. I thank God for you all, and I praise God that his plan and his purpose is being wrought in you to fulfill his kingdom manifestation in the earth. Amen.